love, Father, is so vast, <laughs> deeper than the oceans. It's so infinite. And how we just touch that. I know we'll have all eternity to discover more of it, but we get to touch it right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you are doing amongst us. Thank you for our time with you so far. Thank you that you love revealing yourself to us. So I just bless us now as we come and we look at your word. What you want to say to us through that. Amen. Amen. Folks, do take your seats if you're being prayed for. Carry on being prayed for. That's good. And uh, we are going to come back and do some ministry time later on, just to warn the worship team, just to let you know. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't say that earlier on. Um, good morning. Morning. <laughs> Should we try that again? Let's pretend. No, okay. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Good. That's good. You're slightly more awake now. That's great. Uh, so if you don't know me, my name is Mark, part of the leadership team here. It's a delight that I get to speak to you this morning. I get to come and uh, reveal and tell you what God has been speaking to me this week, which is good, isn't it? That's, that's got to be good. So this morning we're looking at uh, part of our series called Devoted. And this morning we're looking at Devoted to Miracles. Ooh, is anybody slightly, even just a tiny bit excited by this? Yeah, yeah, good, okay. <laughs> so the, the whole thing with our Devoted To series is that we are looking at Acts 2, 42, that kind of area, and we're looking at um, what are the things what the disciples got up to? What are the things that they gave their lives to after spending three years with Jesus? Jesus then ascends and goes up into heaven. What do the disciples do? Okay, and this is, this is twofold, really, in terms of this series. Firstly, this is all about heart. Okay, this is an overflow of heart. It's like these people have been changed. These followers of Jesus have been changed radically. What do they want to do? So there's an overflow of heart, but also, conversely, what do they do to feed themselves? What do they do to intensify this relationship with Jesus? This twofold thing going on with regards to this kind of concept of devoted. And what does devoted mean? It means to give yourself wholly and utterly to something. If I'm devoted to following Norwich, <laughs> Come on, then I'm going to be there every week. I'm going to go to the away games. I'm going to pour my cash into supporting them, aren't I? So that's what it means to be devoted to something. If I'm not devoted to following Norwich, then, you know, occasionally I might look at the results when they're doing well. But, you know, that's fine. Last year was better than this. But there's this whole thing of we're devoted. We're devoted. It's like you're running a race. And when you run a race, you don't run a race with a kind of concept, well, I might do it, I might not, I might finish, I might not. No, if you want to go into a race, you go in to do this. You go in to win or you go in to beat your personal time. You are going to run the race. And so you need to train. You need to work hard. You need to go for these things deliberately and purposefully. And that's what it means to be devoted. So that's why we're looking at this whole series. That's where we're at. And today looking at miracles. So if you've got your Bible with you, flick it open to Acts 2, 42. We're just going to read a couple of verses from there. We'll be going all over the place in the Bible just to warn you this morning. So if you've got apps on your phone, etc., open them up. We're going to be using them 
So today, as I say, it's miracles. Acts 2, 42, 43. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Many wonders and signs. Now, when I'm talking about the miraculous this morning, I'm going to flit in between signs and wonders phraseology, miracles phraseology, and probably healing phraseology as well. The reason I might dip to healing is because when Jesus was on earth and when he did a lot of miracles, a lot of them were concerned with regards to healing. Okay, So that's, that's just the reason, my rationale, while I might slip from one to the other uh, all over the place. And when we're talking about a miracle, we are talking about anything which breaks the laws of the natural world okay anything that breaks the laws of the natural world so when we talk about supernatural we're talking beyond the natural realm of the lord now uh, the lord our god is in himself supernatural yes good i'll be all on board with that one (laughs) okay so his natural is actually supernatural his normal is supernatural. That's, that's what he is. That is who he is. And when he came to earth in human form, he couldn't help but overflow into that. Now let's pause for a moment. Because when I'm looking at this whole thing of devoted to miracles, you might say, Mark, that passage doesn't actually say they were devoted to miracles. It says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. And then as a byresult, it looks like this whole thing of signs and wonders comes, comes out. Yes, I agree. It's it's a poor exegesis of the passage if you want to get technical on it. But it is not a poor exegesis of the rest of the Bible. Because if we're looking at what Jesus did when he was on earth in the Gospels, his life was devoted to seeing the supernatural happen. He was devoted to seeing it. It was the way that he demonstrated the kingdom to those people around him. It was the way that he said, look, here's the kingdom Here's what it can do. It's not like this current rule on earth. It's not natural. It's supernatural. There is an, uh, a breakout here. So whether or not it was money in the mouths of fish, whether or not it was control over nature, whether it was feeding the 5,000 or the 4,000, whether, whether it was raising folk from the dead, whether it was a star favorite turning water into wine, whether or not it was the resurrection... <laughs> I'll let you just catch up with that one for a moment. Whether it was the resurrection... It doesn't matter. God has not changed his mind with regards to being supernatural. And when Jesus was on earth, he was supernatural. And now he's in heaven, he has not changed his mind. He wants to reveal the miraculous through you. That's what he wants to do. We've sung it already. That's what he wants to do. Our lives are the same as Jesus. If you want further proof, once Jesus has ascended, what do the disciples do in the book of Acts? They do a load of supernatural, miraculous stuff. It's not like there was a sudden change of heart in the Bible. It just carries on, and there's no indication that it should stop now. So let me just ask you a very quick question. I don't want any answers for this. I just want you to think about it for a moment, and then I'm going to tell you the answer in true preacher style. (laughs) Who are miracles for? Who are miracles for? Let me give you three groups of people. The first one's a bit of a cheat. Therefore, God, for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is the first group they are for. Or the first person they're for, if you want to get into that. That is who they are for. Let me read you John 14. 
got a cheer for it, great. Verse 12. <laughs> truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Why? So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So the first thing that miracles do is that they bring glory to God. They bring glory to him. They are for him. We do not pursue miracles to see miracles. We pursue miraculous and the miracles to reveal and give glory to God. That's what they do. So when you go for the miraculous, when you are stepping out of the boat, when you are praying and speaking kingdom into those situations that cannot be changed, what you are doing is that you are bringing glory to God. Wow. You thought it was something different, didn't you? It's to bring glory to God. Every prayer brings glory to the Father. And our primary thing on earth is to bring him glory. That's what we're here for. So we want to give him more glory, don't we? A few more nods would be good at this point, yes? (laughs) We want to give him glory and therefore we want to see more miracles. Because they give him more glory. Every time. Every time a back is healed, every time eyesight is restored, every time there's a coin in a fish's mouth, every time, every time we see something happen, glory to God. That's why we applaud folks when we have them. Not for the bravery of the person coming up, not for the kind of the fact that it's just happened, because it's giving him glory. That's what we want to do. So that's the first one. Second, for us. Now, I'm not talking about for us in terms of us getting the benefit of the miracle. I'm talking about for us in that it stretches our relationship and trust in him. Let's read Matthew 17. Matthew 17, 14 to 20. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not? I bet they came privately. Why, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, and you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You see, with the miraculous, what Jesus is doing is that he is looking to grow us. He's looking for you to put more trust in him. Why was Jesus so upset about this whole thing? Why did he say you twisted and crooked generation? That's quite harsh. He's speaking to his disciples, okay? Why is he using that kind of language? Because he spent 12, 18 months, two years maybe at this point with them, and they still haven't got it. They still haven't got it. There's a breakdown in trust. He wants an increase in trust and faith from us. He wants us to grow on a daily basis in our faith in him. 
He wants us to be more robust and more faith-filled in everything that we do. He invests in you to do that. That's what he wants for you. And so when we've got this kind of thing going on here, he says, look, let's build this cycle of trust. He talks about little faith, grain the size of a mustard seed. What do mustard seeds grow into? Mustard trees. I don't know if you've ever seen one. They're quite big. There's that sense that he wants you to grow all the time. He wants you to emerge in this. There's a continual cycle of building trust in this. The more you step out, the more you trust him because the more you get to know him. The more you pursue miracles, the more desperately you're leaning into him. If, I, if my wife turns around and says to me, hey, I'm going to do such and such for you today, I'm going to go like, yeah, I trust that. I know she's going to do that. I know she's, I, I, I trust her. If I get kind of like one of those cold call sales coming in and it tells me, hey, today you could get this, this, this and this, I'm going to be slightly more sceptical. Okay. Trust and faith is built on relationship. So the more we get to know someone, the more we'll trust them. The more we'll step out because the more worthy they are. And he is so, so worthy. I remember my first experiences of some of the miraculous stuff. I remember uh, an 18 to 30 weekend away uh, in California Cliffs. Some of us here were there. It was very, very cold. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and I remember uh, somebody there twisted their ankle. And a group of us gathered around. This is the first time I'd ever prayed for somebody for healing. And there was a group of us, and we all stood there. We all put our hands on her ankle, and, and it was healed. Like, wow. Okay. That's quite exciting. That's cool. That was my first kind of delve into that. Wow, this, this can happen. And God can use me. A few years later, I was in my study. Uh, there was four of us, four lads. Uh, we were just doing some discipleship stuff. And uh, I was leading it. And this guy called Louie, who was... Uh, a New Zealander, he had got a compressed uh, thing in his neck, which meant he couldn't move his neck like that. He couldn't move at all. He'd, he'd had it since he was about 10. He was in his 20s. Uh, it restricted his movement and stuff. And we prayed for him. And in that moment, he was healed. There was like complete freedom of movement. He was like looking up at the scene, crying, weeping, just rejoicing. And at that point, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> God really can use me. And then the more I have stepped out in this, the more I have gone for it, the more I've gone, oh, oh, okay. The more I trust Jesus, the more I see, the more I'm likely to trust him again. So for us. Next, the third group is for those people who do not know Jesus yet. You thought that was the only group I was going to talk about, didn't you? (laughs) for those who do not know Jesus yet. Now, I haven't got a Bible passage for this one, because if I'm honest, all of this is that. If you look in the Old Testament, how does God reveal himself through the miraculous? Look at Exodus. (laughs) Look at 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. Anywhere, everywhere, it's full of it in the Old Testament. If you look at Jesus in the Gospels, how does Jesus reveal himself? How does Jesus point to himself? It's through the miraculous. Again and again and again. Then you go into Acts. How does Jesus reveal himself? Through miracles. Through all of those things. So it's there continually, 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 all the way through. You see, signs and wonders are just that. They are a signpost to God. They're a signpost to the kingdom. They're saying, look, there it is. 
There it is. People can either choose to follow it, that signpost, or ignore it at that point, but it is an undeniable signpost. And I'll tell you what, folks, in today's culture, it is so important that we pursue this because we've got a cynical, horrible culture. But when they see their friend, when their friend says, I used to have this neck pain and now it's not there, people cannot deny it. It completely confuses them. It's quite fun. It completely throws them. Let me tell you a story. This is a fun one. So there was a missionary in Africa, and she was uh, challenged by the local witch doctor. And the local witch doctor said, come with me. So she goes with the local witch doctor to this village, and in this village, there is a group of ladies sitting in a circle chanting, kind of demonic kind of stuff going on, chanting away, and they start to levitate. I know. You're all going, yeah, whatever. It happened. They start to levitate. The witch doctor smiles, turns to the missionary and says, can you do that? She goes, no, I can't, but I can do this. Stop in the name of Jesus. Bang. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, miracles, regardless of their level, are a signpost to Jesus. They are pointing and saying, look, here he is. Is. Hebrews 2.4 says this, it says, While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. How is God bearing witness to himself through signs and wonders? It's good, isn't it? You wonder why we go for this stuff. <laughs> That's why we go for it. He's saying, look, here I am. This is me. This is what I can do. This is it. And for some reason, he chooses to use you and me to do this through. He includes us in the fun plan. (laughs) Now, hear me here, folks. There is a whole deal here where God does not just use miracles. I know that, okay? He uses so much more in terms of our servant heart, in terms of words, in terms of all sorts of things. But miracles are always in there. Don Carson says this. He says, Jesus' works may include more than his miracles, acts of love, mercy, humility, but they never exclude them. They never exclude them. Regardless of your gifting, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you think you can do, every Christian can see the miraculous in their life. Every Christian should be able to see demons flee, see the miraculous, and tell people about the kingdom of God. All the other stuff, yes, it all points to it, but that's everything. So regardless if you see your your kind of your gifting as just, uh, as just, that's exactly the wrong phrase. Uh, Regardless if you see your gifting as a gift of helps, i.e. you're just really good, excuse it again, you're really good at helping people, then the miraculous comes with you. That's still part of your remit. That's still part of who you are. You still get to pray for people. You still got to see these things. So those are the three groups that it's for, the miracles are for, for God, for you, and for those who don't know Jesus yet. So how do we see an increase in the miraculous in our lives? Let me just say before I go into this, this is not a methodology, okay? 
This is not like do this and you'll see an increase. This is a load of stuff to say, hey, look, here's some helpful things, little tools, little things to just help you increase and see more of the miraculous in there. Obviously, first of all, you do need to pray for people and you do need to step out and say, hey, can I pray for healing? Can I pray for that situation? Can I actually just speak something over people right now or into a situation? You need to step out. And also you need to do that in the context of a relationship with him. Okay, all of that is just like standard stuff, okay? But these are some other things that will just help you. And the first thing that you can do is that you can do the day school, School of Supernatural Life. Unashamed plug. Unashamed plug for this, okay? <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee that if you do this, you will see an increase in the miraculous in your life. You will. People who've done the evening school have. And this is going to be more intense. So we're going to see an increase. So I would encourage you to uh, look into this one. I know it's a Friday, all day on a Friday, starting in January 2020, uh, 24th off the top of my head is the starting date. So we just want to say, hey, get involved in this. And most of the stuff I will now cover will be thrown into that anyway. Right? So there's lots of stuff just to say that. Let's get into some other things. The first thing that you need to do, or the second thing after you've done the day school, is to get rid of self-consciousness. Okay, get rid of self-consciousness. You're saying, if I step out into the miraculous, won't people think I'm a bit weird? It's too late for that. You're all weird. We believe that God created the earth. We believe that he came in fully God, fully human form, in the form of a baby into a stable and then led a perfect life and died on a cross taking every sin of the entire of humanity with him that three days later he was raised from the dead and a few weeks later that he ascended into heaven where he now sits fully God, fully human at the right side of the Father answering prayers and that one day he will return and that we will bring about a new heavens and a new earth and that we will be with him forever. People think you are weird for believing that. That ship has sailed. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay? You might as well go whole hog and get the benefit from it. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> okay? Get that in your minds. You're weird. <laughs> Say it to yourself. I'm weird. You're weird. We are. We're weird. It is bizarre what we believe in the context of the 21st century Western world. But it is still true, and therefore we can step out into the miraculous. You ain't going to lose anything, folks. In fact, people almost expect it. When people come along to us on a Sunday, they are not surprised by the fact that we do stuff which is spiritually out there. That's what they expect. I think they're slightly disappointed if we don't. Jesus said this in Matthew 9.5. He said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or rise and walk. What's easier? Are your sins forgiven? A few more nods at this point would be helpful. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to go back to basics again. <laughs> your sins are forgiven. Rise and walk. Wow. Next, be compassionate. When Jesus saw the world and saw the state of it, he was filled with compassion. We don't do miracles to get another tick in a box or to get some credit with God. We do it because we love people. Jesus loved people. 
And it wasn't because he saw the kind of the nature of them and just loved them for the, the nature of them. No, it's because he had the father's heart and he wanted to see that revealed. So he was compassionate towards them. Without love, it's all useless, as we know in 1 Corinthians 13. So let me just say, be compassionate. Next, raise the quality of your faith. Raise the quality of your faith. Have you noticed in Matthew 17, Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, but then goes on to say, if you've got the tiniest amount of faith, then you can move mountains. For thought, hang on a minute, what's going on there? He just said, you've got little faith, but he said, little faith is enough. You see, in the first part of that, when he's saying you have little faith, he's not talking about the scale or the quantity of faith there. He's talking about the quality of faith. The reason that the disciples didn't see breakthrough was because they had started to use Jesus' name in a way which probably wasn't that helpful. They'd started to go and take it for granted. They'd started to say, hey, oh, just in the name of Jesus. They, they didn't see breakthrough there because the quality of their faith wasn't there. Folks, we've got to invest and raise the level of our faith. How do we do that? By spending time with the person and the object of our faith, Jesus. You need to increase that. Do everything you can. We've talked about in this series, Acts 2, devoted to prayer, devoted to the word, devoted to breaking of bread, devoted to one another. There is something in this, folks. Raise the level of our faith, the quality of our faith. Next, get rid of sin. Sin hinders. Now, in the miraculous, you have to be careful here because when you're praying for someone, I never want to hear people accuse people and saying, well, it's because of your sin that you're not being healed or it's because of your sin that's not there. Folks, concentrate on yourself first. Unless you are a million percent sure, and I know the maths there, don't go there. That's not to say that there isn't a connection. It's not to say that there isn't a connection. There there can be. Two of the biggest reasons why healing does not happen is because of unforgiveness and bitterness. If those two things are in the lives of anyone, then you're going to see things not happening. And that includes in you, as the prayer, who you can do something about, and in the lives of those who the prayee. So just as a very practical thing, you might, you might not say, hey, even if you feel like there's, a, there's something blocking it, you don't go, hey, I just feel that you're a sinner and this is blocking this and you just need to repent right now. No, 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 no. You can say, hey, is there, is there anything that you haven't forgiven someone for as you're praying for them? Can you see the difference there? That's just a little subtle thing that you'll see, just a, a shift. So just but do focus on yourself. Make sure that you are sorted out because sin quenches and grieves the Holy Spirit. The next one, desire and ask. You might think, well, that's stupid. I am asking. Folks, we give in too easily. We really do. I know I joke and say, hey, we are happy to pray for you until either A, you are healed, or B, you die, and therefore you're with Jesus and it's all okay anyway. But it's that kind of level of tenacity and saying, I am not going to give in on this. I'm going to keep pursuing this. I'm going to keep going for this until such time as it either happens or something else shifts. So desire and keep asking. You can be the prayer that tips the balance. Yes. You can be the prayer that tips the balance. If we look at Tom and his healing a few years ago, the number of people that prayed for him was immense. I, I chatted to him in the week. I still don't know which is the prayer that tipped the balance. Could have been yours. Absolutely. Could have been yours. We just keep pursuing this. We keep going for it in desperation for this. Next, be aware but not obsessed with demonic. Be aware but not obsessed with demonic. Folks, we do live in a spiritual realm. 
There is stuff going on around us right now that we cannot see, but it is happening. And so we just need to be aware of that. And obviously in this passage in Matthew 17, it was actually a demon that was causing the sickness. That is not to say that all sickness is caused by the demon, demonic, but we just need to be aware of it and not scared of it. So, you know, if you are praying for someone and you're not seeing anything, you know, you can just pray, I break any chains in the name of Jesus. We have got that level of authority. (coughs) Keys of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you to break and loose things in heaven on earth. So you can just go for that side of things. Next, hang out with giant slayers. Hang out with giant slayers. Francis Chan says this. He says, we do not need community for friendship. We need it to keep encouraging one another in mission. Ah, folks, there are times when I wake up, even on a Sunday morning, and I do not feel like doing this. Just to let you know, there are times when I really do not want to do this and stand or pray or do anything. And I don't think I'm alone in that. But then I turn up to work or I turn up on a Sunday morning and somebody will be here and they will just be like on it. And I'll be like, yes, okay, I can, I can get something from them. And there are days when I'm really going for it. And I know other people will come along and they catch something from me. We need to hang around with giant slayers. And you guys are all giant slayers. So let's hang around with those people who do that. Next, be you. Be you. Do not try and be an extrovert if you are not an extrovert. If you are an introvert, you can do the miraculous in an introverted style. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay? Might be through email or WhatsApp, I don't know. But anyway, you know what I mean. you, You are you. Do not try and be me. Do not try and be anyone else in this room. Very good. Be you. God has made you in such a beautiful, amazing way to be you and to see miraculous in the way that you are. Okay, that's important. And then lastly, this is probably the most important one. You need to lean into the character of God. Lean into the character of God. You know, there'll be times when miracles do not happen. Ali Jones, uh, Goff and Angie's hope son, uh, daughter even, <laughs> passed away just a few weeks ago. It was so quick. And I remember getting the news. You know, one week she was on holiday, two weeks later, three weeks later she was dead. And you're like, hang on a minute. God, where, what, how, what? Didn't even have time to pray. There is just something and sometimes where we just don't know what has happened. And at those times, we have to lean into who he is. We need to lean into his character. We need to lean into the fact that he is good. He is just. He is love. We lean into those things at that time. Bill Johnson says, those who truly discover the goodness of God in the miracle truly endure. You see, just because God is sovereign does not mean he is responsible. And one of the things I think we need to be very careful of is attributing blame to God when it isn't his fault. Let me give you two examples of this. In Job 1.16... 
bad things have started to happen to Job. And a servant has just brought him some tragic news. And while that servant was still speaking, there came another who said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Now you read that and you go, well, the fire of God did that, didn't it? No. Because we know from Job 1.12, Satan is the one who is doing the stuff to Job, not God. But from the perspective of the servant, not the son, the servant, that's the fire of God. Do you see what's happened there? It's a false perspective. Let me give you another one. 2 Corinthians 12.7, Paul. We all know that he had a thorn in his flesh. This is what it says. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh. Oh. A messenger of Satan. That's what it says. A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. Now, I don't know if that was sickness. I don't know if that was a person. I don't think the text actually tells us. But it is from Satan to harass us. The active agent there is not God. Paul then goes and asks God for it to be removed. And after three times, persistence, God says to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Now you're going, okay, what's going on there? Well, what's happened is that God is taking something and he's using it for good. Romans 8.28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for God, for those who are called according to his purposes. God is not responsible, but he does use it for good. Now, I, I worry, and this is a personal worry, okay? <laughs> Don't even well, el other elders are here yet, but I, this is my worry, is that I worry that we are too quick to say, oh, this is God's will. Yeah. This thing that is happening is God's will. I think probably in most cases it really isn't. There is mystery in God. There is another sovereign will of God. There is an otherness of God. Yes, there is. But I think as soon as we start to make our mind up that that is him, we are going in a slightly dangerous place, folks. I think we're accepting something that was never his intention. And that we can say, hey, Lord, use this for good. See, if we just accept that it's his will, we stop fighting. We stop praying. We, keep, we, we don't go there. So unless, like Paul, you've had a very specific this is from God moment, I wouldn't go there personally. And then part of this thing of who he is, we need to celebrate other people's miracles like they're our own. So as we lean into his nature and his character, one of the ways that we can do that is by celebrating other people's victories. I've heard a phrase thrown around the church which I just need to address, which is, that's not my story to share. Yes, it is! Unless somebody has said to you, please do not communicate this or share this story, it's yours. Why is it yours? Because we are brothers and sisters. It is a family story. Your victories are my victories. My victories are your victories. The ones that went before us, their victories are our victories. Do you see that? That's why sharing stories about God and what he's done and the miraculous is so important. I will happily tell you stories from the other side of the world because they are my victories. I will happily share the story of anyone in this room because it's my victory. Just like any breakthrough I have is your victory. 
Let's make sure we share those stories. You know my favourite quote from Charles Spurgeon, whatever God has done is to be looked upon as a precedent of what he will do again. I love that. So as we lean into the character of God, we need those stories to keep us going. Because in those darker places, we can say, yes, there is victory here. There is breakthrough. And that is what it looks like. Folks, I'm coming to an end. Band, do you want to come back up? Because I think it'll be good just to see what God is up to. I'm aware that we do need to land bang on 11. (laughs) In Mark 23, Jesus said, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. This isn't a belief in a miracle we go for. This is belief in a person. John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. We're not raising the bar too high here. We're just saying, look, raise your levels of expectations to what happens in this book. Raise your levels of expectations into here rather than your own levels of experience. Should we all stand together? You know, as I was preparing this, I really felt God say that now is very much a time for miracles to break out from this room. Very much a time to break out into the world out there. Very much a time to see more and more of what he is doing. A public demonstration of who Jesus is. So I have no idea what God wants to do right now, if I'm honest. But I know he's going to be speaking to some of you. And I just want to do a very quick exercise just to help you step out into this. So I'd like you just to ask God for a word of knowledge for something that he wants to be break, see breakthrough in. Okay? So just do that. Father, what do you want to do this morning? What do you want to do this morning? Now he's going to be dropping things into your minds, things which are impossible. And if you're very brave, I'd like you to come to the front and just share those for me. Anybody going to be brave? We've only got a minute to do this, so please do make this quick. <laughs> got a microphone? Yeah. Ready for you? So I know God's just spoken to people. Well done, Ben. Oh, I know you as well. So just uh, somebody's hip, and also uh, somebody's recently had a, an optician's appointment, and they've noticed something, and it's just bringing you a bit of fear, and God just wants to break that. That's good. Excellent. Next one. Uh, yeah, just um, breaking the fear barrier. Um, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, <laughs> stepping out um, and actually saying something in front of all of you. Um, but it could be your friends, colleagues, anything. Excellent. Well done. Um, I feel like I'll probably do something with cataracts in sight. Um, someone's got cataracts or developing cataracts. He wants to work with them and get rid of them. That's awesome. Right, let's just pause there for a second. We'll go with you in a minute. So anybody who wants to just respond to that, can you just put your hand up for me? Yeah. Okay, uh, guys who've just prayed, can you go over? Actually, this is good. Those who've said fear, can you just keep your hand up for me? Fear, right, fear, over, over here. I should have done this in order. I'm learning here as well, guys. <laughs> uh, what was your eyes? Eyes and, hips. eyes and hips. So hips, 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 hips over here, hips over here, bend over this way. Okay, eyesight, cataracts. There we go, eyesight, cataracts. Awesome. Anybody else who's not being prayed for so far of those three, put your hand up for me. Excellent. Somebody at the back. Can a few prayer team get around there? Okay, that's cool. Anyone else? Good. Oh, over here this way as well. There's somebody over this way. Keep your hands up nice and high. If you're short, like, 
stand on a chair or something. <laughs> so keep your hand up. That's good. As soon as you've got somebody praying with you, put your hand down. Good. Ian, you were going to do one as well. Let's go with another one. The word, the, the word was faith. Somebody prayed for me earlier and said, I have a vision that you're holding a cup. They couldn't actually see there was a cup under my hand at the time. So that's faith. So increase in faith. Yeah. Right, somebody with a sore heel that's causing you a bit of aggro. Okay, sore heel. So anybody want prayer for faith, increase of faith? This could be a lot. Put your hands up. <coughs> Hand up. You know, faith, you're just saying, all right. So Ian needs prayer for that one as well. It's a word of knowledge for himself. I like it. It's good. So we get some prayer team around Ian. That'd be good. Anyone else on that one? And then heal. Anyone healed? Do you want to put your hand up for heal? There, you got some. Excellent. Good. Right. Do you see how this works? It's quite straightforward. God, what do you want me to pray for for this person in front of me? Ian, you still need prayer, don't you? Prayer team, anybody over here? Just going to come down? Yeah. Done that way. Cheers, mate. Um, so it's quite easy. Lord, what are you going to do? Do this. So the rest of us, just pray for these people for a moment. Give it a moment. You might want to turn towards them rather than looking at me. And just go for it. It's simple. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, miraculous, happen right now. Let's see breakout right now in the name of Jesus. We'll just give that a moment and then we will sing a song.